No, it has something to do with uh, Estonia. That's all I can say right now. Euphonia? Not Euphonia. Eustonia. No, Estonia. 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 The country. Yes, the proud independent state of Estonia. But I can't tell you what it's all about because that would wreck it. I, I, I will be playing in Estonia this later this afternoon. I figured you would be. I've, I've seen you Estonia before. <laughs> it's, it's a piano. Oh, it's a piano? Yeah. I mean, it's an Estonian? Tallinn. It says Tallinn 1893 on it. Tallinn, and it's made in Estonia? Yeah, I presume so. That's absolutely amazing, the coincidence. No, well, I don't know how much, because it's a fairly common brand piano. Not for me to know about at this point when I'm mentioning Estonia on the show for some reason. <laughs> I mean, what, are you telling me that's not a Wait, convergence? Uh, no, because we're surrounded, with, a lot of people have Estonia pianos. I had no idea, see? Wait, see how we're learning by doing this? If, if and you, by mentioning, even mentioning if Estonia. If you go play for a funeral at Gunderson West, yeah. you'll, you'll find an Estonia to You're play kidding on. me. Why didn't I know this before? Now? I'm so embarrassed to have lived all these years <laughs> and not known well, about the Estonian piano business. Yeah, maybe it's one of their big exports. I don't know. I would think so, if Gunderson's got one. <laughs> and how do you find the, uh, what are they called? No, they're 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 called Estonia. How do you find the Estonia as an instrument? I don't know. Uh, in the church environment, in particular. It, they're nice pianos. They're well made. They're like no, I mean the sound. I'm talking about pianos. the sound. I don't know how they well made. They sound like a piano. They don't have an accent. If you, that's play, what you play. You play the piano even. Uh, how can you <laughs> say something so unintelligent? They sound like a piano. They're not as good as the Steinway, because at at one church I have a Steinway, at the yeah. other church I have an Estonia. Do you ever play them both at the same time, like Franny no, and Teicher? No. Estonia and your... They're what's the other one? Is the Steinway? Yeah. They're in different parts of town. How do they compare or contrast? Well, there is no comparison with the Steinway, of course. Of course not. No.
All right, that's a little emergency for you. Got going on there. That's John Seeger doing a Michael Feldman tune, actually, called Emergency, which is uh, still in demo form after 40 years of sitting in a bit of a sense. Pretty good song. I always like it. Emergency. Since we find ourselves in one, I thought it was apropos. But you know me. You know me and Poe. I'm always apro Poe. Grilling. I like Poe. You gotta like Poe. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. Big fan of Poe? Uh, sure. Yeah? No? Yeah, well, I'm, you know. That, uh, ooh-la-loo-la-loo-loo-la-loo-mo. What? The one is with, the, with all the, you know, that's the sounds in Poe. And her name was ooh-la-loo-mo, and she was in the wall, and you could hear oh. her heart beating. That one? Yes. Mm. Okay, so you're asking, and we'll be talking more about the emergency, obviously, since we're enveloped in it, and it'll be okay. It's all going to be okay, honestly. Um, Estonia. Why am I so excited about Estonia? That's not just the Estonia pianos. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much, Lau, for that fascinating information. about There are such they things. They exist. But uh, we have listeners in Estonia. Uh, after the United States, Estonia is a number two listenership. For the What Do You Know podcast. Really? <laughs> no. Usually you say no. Well, it's so... A, a You've lightened up over the years. It's so astounding. It Estonia. is. Uh, USA, we had... This is just uh, uh, this current uh, people listening or did it or whatever for a week, I guess. Uh, USA, 4,339 to 45 for Estonia which is enough to put it in second place. So it says a lot about the progress we're making globally, uh, which is very little. And uh, Canada, but there's 29 in Canada, so they're not even trying, and they're right next door to us. So more than Canada. Can And I've been so nice to Canada, that's going to change. <laughs> I'm thinking tariffs. <laughs> so, But Estonia has got a green light from me now, 45. That's a really solid effort at listening to this thing. Uh Maybe not if you st stack it against uh, Park City, Utah, which uh, had uh, like uh, 751 really? people listening. And there's no reason for it. Estonia, you can see why people would do that. They probably need the entertainment. Any place in particular in Estonia? No, just in general, Estonia. Oh. Estonia City, I guess, the capital. <laughs> it is? Not oh. so sure, Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I guess. Uh, so. Oh, I would like to say to my Estonian friends, and I looked up some Estonian music. I thought we'd play that. Oh, great! But it's kind of heavy metal, Finnish death. It is. Yeah, they're in because they're, they're you know they're you know it's Estonia. That and the and the Russians are right next door. How can you feel about it? Like? <laughs> so yeah, a lot of it's pretty heavy duty stuff. So I, I didn't use that, but I I, I learned uh, here. I would like to say to all our Estonian listeners, and I, and I hope we have many more, first of all, nice pianos. And secondly, I'd like to say Mida Sa Teyad, which is uh, what do you know in Estonian. And uh, and I would like to answer that for you in case you're not prepared to. Iai ole palaju sa. Not much, you. So thank you, Estonia. I, it's great to have you on. And let me know what I can do for you. Let's hear from you. All right, so uh, the emergency. Uh, <coughs> let's talk about emergency just for a minute. Emergency, admit it. Didn't you always want to pull that chain on a train? 
<laughs> really? You, know, you see one of those on a train? Say, pull it, I say. And, and Donald Trump, what else you <clears throat> say about him, is not afraid to pull the chain <laughs> on a train. But on every train, I mean, you don't want to ride a train with this guy. Every time he'll pull the chain, because he can. Uh, everybody likes a good emergency as long as they're not the honored guest. A little excitement, nobody should get hurt kind of thing, you know. But they should get damn close, otherwise there's no excitement. Uh, when it comes to a crisis, I'm the same as Trump. I say there's a crisis, then there's a crisis. You know, so we're very much, that's the one thing that we're very much alike in. Ongoing. What? An ongoing crisis. Yes, and well, we all have them, don't we? We all have our crisis to bear. <laughs> every man has his crisis to bear, and, and woman. And I don't mean woman to bear. I mean every woman has her crisis. Okay. And if you don't have my crisis, get your own damn crisis. You know, so there we're alike too. You know, he happens to be president, so he gets to actually play around with these feelings. The rest of us don't have that. Oh, they're feelings. I, I, I couldn't say actually for him. I wouldn't even say that for him. No, That's I don't think so. Nothing more than feelings? I don't know. I would not speak for Donald Trump. And I believe we've all stolen from one fund, skimmed from another, and put it in your wife's name, you know? That's, uh... And then everybody asks about, say, it's for a wall. Who's going to believe that? Oh, that's ridiculous. All right, and all the news that isn't uh, known as yet, noticed yet, but the president signed the federal funding agreement, John Barron. It's one of the stage names, apparently. They're going to see that eventually, and the whole thing will fall through again. He got trash in this negotiation, so that makes it a national emergency, right? Because l'état, c'est moi. <laughs> huh? Uh, I don't think he would say that. No, but I'm I'm saying that. Yes, yes, Louis. Yes. Was that Louis? Which Louis was that? 14th. Oh, the 14th, with the furniture. <laughs> the furniture man. Yeah. Did <laughs> he design his own furniture? I don't know, no. No. King wouldn't do that. Some of them had very interesting little side uh, Oh, maybe, but I don't jobs. think he did. All right, this was the first time National Emergency Day and National Cheddar Day coincided, so that was hmm. pretty cool. Had Kanye showered Trump with roses and Kenny G, this all would not have happened, instead of wasting it on that woman he's with. Uh, don't be afraid to laugh, by the way, if you want to. You can actually <laughs> laugh out loud. It's, it's, you don't have to bottle it up. It'll it's be not as the seance that it pretends to be. <laughs> what? It'll be picked up by the audience, Mike. No, we don't have I <laughs> Put one in there, but it's all, all of them clicking their phones. You can hear those little thumbs moving on their phones. If I might editorialize, if you're building a classic vanity project, your pyramid, your coliseum, your palace, you need to go all the way, not the chicken shit, henny penny, piecemeal, low bid, Trump way. This does not necessarily reflect the feelings of a House of a Guy's own. Well, it's an editorial statement. Because House doesn't have feelings. Let's face it. Once again, a Trump reference. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, here's what you get for $8 billion in change. This is the Save Big Money at Menards Wall. Wow. Now look at that. That'll <laughs> keep them neighbors out. He's doing his... his, his uh, Slats? Victory lap there, across the slats. Wood slats, though. Wood slats. Wood slats. Mm -hmm. Save big money. Real wood. Wood slats. 
and they look better. Uh, all right, where was I then? That threw me off as I used the picture. Where does it say, hold up picture? <laughs> Hopefully, um, hold up picture, uh, Kanye. Oh, okay. All right, so anyhow, it can build like a half a wall or a quarter of a wall. Hopefully, it'll just reach short of the monarch sanctuary, or the butterfly sanctuary. Hopefully, oh, yeah. it should be shy of Don't want to stop I'm, them. I'm hoping. I thought for sure that he was going to take the money out of Medicaid, so I'm not feeling as bad as I might have <laughs> otherwise. Didn't you think? I thought Medicaid, Obamacare, Medic, you know, they built oh, a heck of a wall with that money. Put it, put it into the wall, yeah. Yeah, because walls work. They do? Ceilings work, too, oftentimes yeah. in conjunction with walls, I notice. Yeah. I w- you know, I would say the walls and ceilings work. A wall alone is just a thing that you bring at press conferences at, you know, show a section of a wall. It doesn't but do anything. What about floors, windows? Floor, I, I think they all have so their place, I'm but we're trying to work just on a <laughs> one particular saying here. Well, you have to amend some of his sayings. <clears throat> of course, this whole thing will enter the language as in honey, don't make a national emergency out of it. You know, replace federal crime. Remember federal crime? No one says that anymore, do they? <clears throat> that was it in, our, in my day. federal crime? Don't make a federal crime out of it. Oh. And now we need that one again, actually. That's because we are making federal crimes all over the place. <clears throat> all right, after Trump boasts, you have to be able to climb Mount Everest to scale my wall. A caravan of Sherpas <laughs> was seen heading up the Mexican Gulf Coast towards El Paso. So I think the guy is dumb, but he knew something. Oh yes, it was, was fomenting, or is it fermenting? Cold, cold <clears throat> coldly calculated. Uh, the final uh, heartbreaking words of Mars Rover. All right, NASA is beginning its one-of-these-days-Alice moon delivery service. Hmm? It's obsolete reference time. Okay, uh, one of these days, Alice, right to the moon, remember, honeymoon? Oh, that one. One of these days, Alice, right to the moon. That's right. And now NASA is doing a moon delivery service, so naturally it would be the one of these days, Alice, moon delivery service. Yes, yes. To the moon, if you were of my age. To the moon. My age and disposition. Someone just came in the front door. Paula. Paula. You know what time we start, Paula? <laughs> do, you, she, do you not have a watch? Did you, a rabies shot? She, you had she, a rabies shot? She was negotiating the driveway. It takes about three minutes. When did you get there? <laughs> a rabies shot? Oh, God, your cat. God, your cat gave you rabies. That's normal. All right, do you mind if I do this? This is my <laughs> sound of the dregs of my career here the way it is. got to hear about your cat and the rabies shot. And the dog with the chocolate. That's, who's that going to appeal to? What demographic besides my own would care about that? All right, <coughs> excuse me. Pence urges EU to quit Iran nuclear deal. EU urges Pence to quit Trump. A sad day for New York as Amazon backs out of the headquarters deal. Hey, why the Long Island City faces? That's pretty good. If you're from Long Island City, you're going to think, well, you know, why the Long Faces? Oh, that's why the was. Long Island City faces. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's one you don't even have to explain much. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, Mr. Uh, Bezos, I'd like to say we have a ready-to-go 20 million square feet office space in the sauerkraut field in Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. That yeah. Foxconn is 
dying to unload, <laughs> and uh, we'll subdivide. So, hmm. and if you don't want to do it, Mr. Bezos, well, I have some pictures of you. That definitely you don't want to come out. <laughs> he doesn't care. Not just dick pictures, but dick pictures with an inches scale. <laughs> Anyhow, just making this up as I go. Some of it. Yeah. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> That's a little obvious, don't you think, to mention Pecker at a moment like this? <laughs> I don't know. It would have been a better joke if I could have worked that in. You're right. You're right. Honestly, you're right. Former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld announces his plan to challenge President Trump for the Republican nomination. So let's see now. We call him Bad Weld, Tuesday Weld, All Welds That Ends Weld, any others? What? Orson Weld. That's a good one. Welder. Welder. Welder man. Weld. Yeah, Spot Weld. Okay. Well, no one else has got one. Uh, salacious new book says homosexuality is rampant in the Vatican. <laughs> and frankly, there's not a lot of other options. So. <laughs> It's cultural, except yeah, that. Swiss, you got the Swiss Guard there. But I think Who would have thought? They're all male, aren't they? Swiss Guard. Well, the Trump medical report comes out surprisingly as nonfiction. <laughs> this may be the first medical report Mr. Trump hasn't written himself. It may be. So he's an unusually fit, clinically obese 72-year-old with heart disease and a cholesterol <laughs> counts that looks much better for being redacted. And the footnote you don't usually see in medical reports, the patient should remain incredibly healthy throughout his term of office. So basically, he has 24 months to live. <laughs> <laughs> That's known as a medical limited warranty on your health. Uh, Trump called Michael Cohen last Valentine's Day to discuss the hush payments to Stormy Daniels. This year, not so much as a card. Hmm. Yeah. Brexit is just about down to fucks it. <laughs> Judge says a chicken lays, Manafort lies. A cannabis smoker enters an abandoned house in Houston, finds a tiger. That's some good shit. <laughs> and how could this not happen in, in Florida? You know? So right. a guy's high, walks into a house that's abandoned, there's a tiger in it. This is a Florida story. It is. Is Texas a new Florida? I don't know. Oh, I th yeah, I yeah. thought you said it was in Texas. Okay. It was Texas. Okay. Surprising. Uh, the FDA warns dietary supplement sellers to stop claiming their powders and pills can cure Alzheimer's. And God, I wish I could remember the name of the supplement that cured mine. <laughs> but uh, it restored my vigor, vitality, and a full head of healthy, if fluorescent, yellow hair. <laughs> <laughs> and what may be my best, if not my only good line of the week, when my wife didn't make the coffee, I said, What's Sumatra with you? Hi, Tom, are you there? I am. Hey, how about that? I'm, you know, last week I had a technical meltdown, disaster, uh. on my show, and uh, it didn't it didn't go out. The first uh, six minutes went out, and the rest uh, I had to keep to myself. So I just <laughs> that's kept, not good. Yeah, no, but today we were, I think everything's everything's up and Sounds running. Sounds good. Yes, but I have these people here who watch the Facebook thing, you know, on their phones, and they drive me nuts. 
Someone said the sound isn't. Good. I don't. You know, I'm trying to do it. I don't care what someone said. Are you Are you on Facebook, Tom? I am on Facebook. Yeah. Do you ever mind getting on messages and stuff? Or maybe you probably like that, right? Uh, to some extent. Yeah. What extent? Yeah, what extent would I you just, say? Thirty-eight <laughs> percent. So, what are you doing in Monmouth? My daughter is in school oh. at Monmouth uh, College, so oh. I came to visit her this weekend. Oh, no kidding! Did yeah. she know? Did she know it was in New Jersey when she signed up? <laughs> <laughs> she did not. <laughs> what is she in? Uh, she's actually in biology. She'll, she'll oh. be doing biology, and she's playing water polo. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. Yeah. Is this parents' weekend or something, or just just uh, time? time no, it's just. Sort of our schedules cleared. My kid didn't have a lot of homework. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, so, and and you had how many days did you have of of the of the auto show? About three. I was down there for three consecutive days doing yeah. auto show stuff. Did you sleep Just over in uh, one of the uh, models? Have you a chance? <laughs> they let you Just sleep upstairs. in the Just upstairs at the height above the. Above the latest model. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 in your, in your mind, what what first uh, even surprised you as a, as a seasoned professional, automotive professional, went from this show? Well, what what we what we know has been happening that's so interesting is is that consumers have turned their back on cars in favor of crossovers. But yeah. it's really apparent on the floor now because manufacturers are actually pushing the cars, the the, the small cars and the sedans, back in their displays, and all the crossovers are up forward. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you want to see sedans, you'd have a hard time doing that. Yeah. And Ford's not even making them anymore, right? Ford is getting out of the sedan game in the United States. Yeah. They've yeah. got a couple more years because they're just going to let a few of these run their natural course. But, uh, yeah, they're getting out. Were they just selling them in China? They're selling a lot of sedans in China. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the Chinese like a Ford sedan? What are they, what are they like in a Ford? Um, the Chinese like crossovers as well, but I think yeah. they haven't turned their back on sedans just yet. And long wheelbase sedans are popular in Japan because um, being wealthy enough to afford a driver and be able to ride it in the back of your own car mm-hmm. is is a sign of status over there. So sedans still work for that. Yeah, you know, I, I read about the one, uh, this book was about all the all the, uh, the Wild West in uh, Chinese manufacturing. And there was some guy who was working at a Ford plant, some Ford plant down there, I don't know what they were making, one of the models, who actually memorized all the, all the, uh, everything on the Ford, the, the diagrams, the, uh, everything about it. And they started their own company, and they made knockoff Fords. From the thing, the, the, all, this, all the data that he had memorized about the Ford, uh, you know, the, the entire model line. Yeah, that that sort of industrial espionage has been popular in the auto industry. Yeah. You know, we've seen vehicles like certain Range Rover models, uh, the Mini mm-hmm. and the Smart Car, be pirated by small companies. And China is so big, and these mm-hmm. companies can be so small and located geographically away from other things yeah. that it can be a year or two before companies are aware they're being ripped off. Yeah. Well, anyhow, that, and of course, then there's the Hindustan ambassador. Yes, yes, there is. Yeah. You know, I was so disappointed to learn that that was not a Rambler ambassador that they had ripped off. But it's not, is it? No, no. There, there was, to some degree, there was some ripping off. So the, the Hindustan ambassador, which uh, started production in 1956, was actually uh, based on the Morris Oxford, a British car that had oh, been yeah, being Morris. produced over there. And uh, uh, a little company, Hindustan Motors, bought the rights to build that car, and the rest was history. Yeah. No. 
Well, we we should go back to the auto show. I know. Yeah. How do you happen to be the world's foremost authority on the Hindustan ambassador? That's by being by being the only writer in North America to ever write about it. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's a default thing. You didn't own one or ride in one or and was captured by it. No, no, and yeah. by the time I actually get around to going to India, they probably won't be on the road anymore, so yeah. I'm going to probably miss that opportunity. All right. We've got, is General Motors stopping in passenger cars as well? Just going slowly. with the SUVs and the crossovers and then slowly. Yeah, there's, there's some question now as to whether or not they're going to continue to build Cadillac sedans, and they claim they didn't... They didn't can, can, General Motors is now backing off the claim that they, they're going to cancel all their sedans, but they're going to be closing some of these plants, but they could move production. But they're backing off of the sedans just like everybody else. Yeah. So we're, what are ministers going to drive if not a Buick? <laughs> That's a very good question. Yeah, uh, but there are still big Buick crossovers, so those will work. You think so? It's, it depends yeah. on really the denomination, I think. <laughs> if they go with a crossover, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, um, and hearses. No Cadillacs, no hearses. Well, they can put them in the in the back of the SUV, fold them up or something. They can't do that. The the, the popular hearse replacement now, interestingly, is is a minivan or something like a suburban. <laughs> oh, Please don't let me go out in a suburban, dear, dear Lord. Thank you. They're just they're well suited for that. They look good in black. Know, so the the conversion you, isn't very complicated. They see you hauling, getting hauled all the neighbors. Michael got a suburban at last. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very confused. You know, uh, for example, there's this ad here for Mitsubishi Motors. And uh, I thought the ad was interesting and sort of the way things are. They, they say, it's electric, it's gas, it's both with super all-wheel control. So it's got it all. All they're missing here is AI, I think, in this. this <laughs> you know, I mean, this is where we're at now. We're at, uh, you know, it's more the electronics almost than the car in some respects. No, well, that is absolutely the case, and, and what we're finding out too with um, even late Gen Xers, but more with millennials, that that the dynamics of the car, that the exact same thing that I cared about in high school, how it, how fast it is, how it rides, how it handles, just doesn't matter anymore. It's all about connectivity and electronics, and and how well your phone hooks up to the car. And increasingly, I think that the feel of a vehicle dynamically is just irrelevant to modern buyers. Yeah. And interesting, they have to keep finding more ways of giving you more information about what's happening while you're driving so that you're not paying attention to, to your driving. Yeah, it, it is ironic that we use electronics that are distracting us to help us pay attention. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's those fabulous things like a little coffee cup alert that's in some Mercedes models and other vehicles that will tell you that you look like you're drowsy. But you have to look <laughs> down to see this light to realize that you're, that you're being told you're drowsy. So as you're nodding off, that's the last thing you see. <laughs> for the Audubon explosion. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is the Audubon, by the way, is that still unlimited speed or use your own judgment even worse? Uh, the light, yes. The Audubon is still in places unlimited speed. That frequently, if traffic uh, doesn't allow, they will clamp down on that. So I think that the times of day and sections of road where you can still drive as fast as you want are rather, relatively limited. I think that's... Yeah. It's it's not what it was. Yeah, or or Wyoming either, I guess. No, exactly. Yeah, have they ever done any studies on what you know? Say go uh, as as indications indicate you should. You know, whatever uh, accidents per mile or whatever uh, in, in places where they reg heavily regulate. You know, sixty sixty five miles an hour or something like that. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember where the study was conducted, but I believe it was just a general U.S. interstate mm-hmm. study. And in places where they raised the speed limit from 65 miles an hour to 75 miles an hour, mm-hmm. people didn't actually drive faster. Because they're already going out, in. Yeah, the people were already going the rate that they wanted to go <laughs> and that they were comfortable at. So it just turned out that fewer people were breaking the law when yeah. they raised the speed limit. But the actual speed didn't change much. Depends on the individual trooper, you know. That's true. Well, they, I That's say, true. But officer, they used to give you five or ten miles an hour here on this, over, you know. They don't like that argument too much. So, I mean, now, are, is it too soon to say we have the extinction? I mean, the extinction of the passenger car, because it's what uh, they call it a car show, really, an auto show. Mm-hmm. We think about car, growing up, everything you get when you're a kid, if you're a boy in particular, I guess, and you're of a certain age before you learn about sex, it's cars, you know. And everything's about car models and new, and you know all the models and all that, and uh, it's really kind of exciting. And now it's none of it is about that. It's just another electronic device, really. It, and it's funny you should say that because, yes, that's absolutely true. And, and to underscore that point a little bit, the Consumer Electronics Show, which is now just known as CES, yeah. has become something of an auto show. And manufacturers, including mm-hmm. Ford and Mercedes-Benz, are now introducing vehicles, whole vehicles, not just electronic systems, at CES, and that takes place right around uh, just after the holidays in January. Yeah. And and that has actually become now an auto show. Yeah. So they're moving the auto show, right? Is that, that's what I read. Yeah, so as a result of that and to some other, uh, some other um, factors, the Detroit auto show is actually being moved from its position the second week in January now to June so that it can clear that clutter because it was sandwiched between CES and the Chicago auto show, which is taking place right now. Yeah. So what's going to happen to all these young guys who really dig working on cars and put together anything from anything and come up with these jalopies? And I don't know if they still do that even for whatever purpose. What's going to happen with them now? They just they can learn how to code. Yeah, that group has shrunk a little bit. I don't <laughs> think they're just. Were you, were you that kind know, of kid? Were you I don't know kid? if hot riding decoding is the next logic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. Yeah, were you that uh, kind of kid though? Weren't you? Were you a kid? I mean, you like work on working on cars? Or? Yeah, I really did. I was sort of a, a classic uh, car guy. Where I, I worked at a gas station, worked on my own car. Yeah. Um, pumped gas, did that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, I loved that. I think I mean we're going to miss this type of individual because they also come up with some pretty important things sometimes in, in what they're able to to, to do with a, with cars. Yeah, a lot of that stuff was really great for racing and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think now coding really is the thing to some extent. The a lot of manufacturers, Toyota and um, I'm trying to think of other manufacturers, have actually announced dates when they tend to stop building the internal combustion engine in yeah, days like right. 2050 or something like that. Yeah. So in the measurable future, if not very soon, yeah. but development on the gasoline engine is sort of coming to a halt. Yeah. Could you make an external combustion engine? Would that get around some of the <laughs> objections? You can. It's messy. I've had cars like that. I know that burns yeah. externally. That was, that was <laughs> not a good thing. But then, then they, like the SUV. Now, first of all, it's overbuilt by at least two times for the average person. Uh, it's... Uh, aerodynamically a bad idea you know you got to compensate for all things it does wrong for its very size and being so far over the road and so forth it's a gas consumer you know it's gone extinct almost once before and now it's come back because well you know we like we like them now uh, is, isn't it possible it will go extinct again for those no no i, I don't i don't think so i think 
Because when we think about the first round of the SUV, when it really came on strong, we can go back to 1991 when Ford launched the Explorer, and that was everything you just said it was. It was big, it was boxy, it was heavy, it was old-school body on frame, it was Mm -hmm. a truck. Mm -hmm. Um, But but the vehicles, crossovers have changed so much now that they're so much more like cars. They still have a number of the things you just mentioned. They're high. Um, They're not as aerodynamic as they could be, though that's being fixed gradually over time. But increasingly, crossovers are more like cars. They're just right. a little bit higher up, and the packaging is a little bit better. And I think that when a consumer goes to a showroom and they look at a sedan and they look at the car, it's like, I'm getting more stuff in the same amount of space, mm-hmm. the same footprint. And and people love the ride height in traffic, which is another factor. Mm-hmm. If you're in a yeah. sea of crossovers in traffic, yeah. you really wish you were at a crossover, too. Yeah. No, I understand. That was true. I mean, I got a Nissan Pathfinder at one point. Yeah. Because my friend had an SUV, he said, you got to get one of these. Look how high you sit in traffic. You can really see the road. I, mean, I, hated, I hated that feeling, first of all. It's like sitting on a stool or something and, <laughs> and, while you're driving, you know, and I didn't need to see that, but I can, you know. And I kept thinking, well, this, there's a lot of metal around me, and not, it's not doing much, you know. <laughs> Why is it there? You know. Yeah, they are crossovers still are heavier than cars, though not as much as they used to be. Yeah. And and yeah, this is this is probably hurting us a little bit in our path to being more efficient. Uh, but ultimately, I don't see a return path to the sedan. Yeah, let's talk about some of the vehicles that. Uh, well, first of all, your car spot here, you got what a Buick and a Suzuki. <laughs> yes, yeah. is that the best you could do? Really, we're down <laughs> to the dregs here for the car spot here, right? That's- that absolutely was the best I could do that day. So it, 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 this is a hidden shame of mine. There are days I go where I don't find a good car for my car spotter stuff. So, yeah, yeah I will go this with the Buick and the Suzuki. This, yeah. yeah. I know the Buick. What, that's the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Buick. Roadmaster. Roadmaster. How can I forget yeah. Roadmaster, the master of the road. And Suzuki, <laughs> what kind is that? That was a Suzuki Aereo. No. Uh, it was only produced for maybe three years in the U.S. Yeah. Or sold for three years in the U.S., sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. okay I got it. But the other one you did, the, the, is that actually a Jaguar I-Pace? Yes. It is? It looks like yeah. it's an old, uh, I don't know what it is, Plymouth, late model, <laughs> like a, a late model Plymouth in a parking lot. with It's been snowed on and stuff, and you're saying this is the I-Pace and, it, and its battery died? Yeah, Consumer Guide was fortunate enough to spend time with the Jaguar I-Pace. This yeah. is Jaguar's full, first fully electric car. Mm-hmm. Huge battery, 95 kilowatt hour battery. So yeah. that's that's in the area of a, of a Tesla. Um, and, and the car is fast. It's luxurious. It handles well. And unfortunately, while in our care, it stopped <laughs> taking a charge. So it also became useless. Did you put the wrong current in there or something? Maybe put a did you put 220 or? <laughs> Near as I can tell, we did it right. So, One, maybe 110? Um, how many yeah, prongs are on? How many prongs are on the cord? Do you use? <laughs> I'm trying to think. What is? It? I think that's four. I think level two is four prongs. Yeah. I think that's how that works. Yeah. Well, that's a drag. I yeah. mean, so it kind of makes you think. Well, maybe this isn't a good idea for this climate, or or what? Well, I think it's a software glitch. Consumer Guide has tested a number of electric vehicles at this point, and have never experienced a failure before. We yeah. had a Kia Soul EV for a full year that was unbelievably reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, we really enjoyed that vehicle. Yeah. Okay. Well, they used it in the royal wedding. They drove away to their honeymoon in a Jaguar, an electric Jaguar, didn't they? Yeah, as I recall. So that's cool. Uh, this is something that just popped out at me. Now, Rick Cotta, uh, pick this one up. 
Uh-huh. Uh, Nissan Kicks DJ Edition. Voted car you most want your neighbor not to own. The Kicks <laughs> DJ Edition. I have to sort of see what this is. Have you, see, have you seen this one? Yeah, the Nissan Kicks is their new subcompact crossover. Yeah. Uh, kind of a nice little car. And, yeah, they, they, for the auto oh, There's a car in there, too? There's a car in there? <laughs> Some, underneath the turntables, yeah. Yeah, the turntables on wheels is what it is. <laughs> That's a scary-looking... I mean, they got a lot of speakers. They got four mammoth speakers coming out of what, where your uh, hatch would normally have things in it, pointing out. And they got a table to mix on. I, I'm hoping the guy stops before he actually does this mixing on the... I, I hadn't considered that. I just assumed it would be stationary, but <laughs> who, who knows? Yeah, you could probably fix a little platform on that. It would be cool to be mixing going down the highway. That would, that would yeah, be cool. That would call some attention. But you have to put your name on the side of the vehicle, though, because they want to call you about that. Oh, this car spotter one where you got the guy whose car was covered in, dappled in snow. Remember? Uh, uh, Siberia? Yes. Car I think that was an Impala buried under there. Who knows? Could have been. And that's, that's why I had it right back to say, that's only funny if it's not your car. Right? You know, <laughs> yeah, that's This is the result of clearing the streets in Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Dappled. Okay. Um, here's an electric car. Is a big, really a big uh, uh, item at the, at the show? Not especially big no. this year, no. There's a bunch of them coming. Yeah, and the ones we're waiting for the Jaguar I-Pace now is just starting to arrive in dealerships in number. Yeah. A big one coming now is the Porsche Taycan. No kidding. Um, which is which is aimed directly at the Tesla Model S, and there's a lot of interest in that. We'll see how that goes. But Porsche, um, they had one at the auto show. There wasn't any sort of presentation surrounding it. It was just there; you could look at it. Mm. Uh, pricey thing. It's going to be about a hundred thousand dollars to start. So are the, are, is Maserati going to have an electric uh, vehicle? Uh, eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Maserati is now a property of FCA, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, and they will no eventually kidding. get some trickle-down electric stuff. Oh, no kidding. Boy, that's too bad. <laughs> I liked it when it was in the family, you know, wherever that that's family big, was. That's a big family. Uh, yeah. you, know, you have Ferrari, which is now spun off independently but still related oh. to FCA, and you've got uh, Maserati and Alfa Romeo. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So, all right, and, uh, and I, uh, they say that a lot of people are buying Pacific Pacifica hybrid uh, models. Is that true? Yeah, that's an interesting vehicle, and I think it makes up something like 15 or 20% of all Pacifica sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a plug-in hybrid with a very big battery. I think it's like 40 kilowatt hours. So you can do some actual real driving with that in all-electric mode. So it's mm-hmm. the perfect... EV for a family that wants to drive around all electric during the week and still mm-hmm. go on vacation. Well, if I could find a family that wanted to do that, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need the family first. Never had one, that's for sure. Yeah. But I, and I was looking at the stats on it. And said, all right, it says all electric range 33. That's, what is, is that for real? Yeah, and the reason for that is it was determined some time ago when the Chevy Volt, Volt with a V came out, that the average person drives something like 24 miles in a day. Oh. So, so that range covers people on a typical day, and then you go to the gasoline hybrid mode yeah. if you need more. Yeah, because the gasoline hybrid, the hybrid is 566 miles. Yeah. The thing about that that's so interesting is that, is that that stuff's heavy, and the battery is heavy. So if you don't want to or don't need to equip a vehicle with a huge EV battery, you don't. It's expensive, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's heavy, and it actually hurts efficiency. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, is this the way things are going to be? Like hybrid, is that the way that, that it's all going to work out? I, I think so. The thing that's going to help us transition into electric vehicles is probably plug-in hybrids. Plug-in and, and and it helps people get used to plugging in. It also helps manufacturers because they get EPA uh, credit for an electric vehicle by selling those. So mm-hmm. it, it works to everyone's favor. Yeah. Toyota Supra. Is that back? And what you're driving now? A Corolla or something, aren't you? A hatchback? Oh, I was recently driving, yeah, it was an electric blue Corolla XSE hatchback. And it was such a wonderful throwback car. It was actually equipped with a manual transmission. It was small. It was fun to drive. It wasn't overtly sporty. It yeah. was just sort of an old school little car that I loved. Yeah. Where is that now? Is that gone? What do you got now? Toyota took it back. I uh, For huh. my big trip to Monmouth, Illinois, we have the Toyota Highlander Hybrid. Okay. Are you marking down your mileage on that? And do you know when the electric is? It's just running on electric. Does it just do that in the city? The the it won't do electric only on the highway. And in mm-hmm. the city, it'll do it from a stop up to about fifteen twenty miles an hour. And then if you need more power, the gas engine kicks in. It kicks in. And huh? yeah, you can you can feel it happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, Subarus. Are there Subarus still being made? <laughs> Yeah, Subaru is quietly one of the most successful car makers in the U.S. Yeah. They, uh, what do they have in they, the show? They, they increase sales every year. They introduced an all-new Legacy, which would be news if anyone cared about sedans. The Legacy is actually a very nice mid-sized sedan. It's mm-hmm. all new. It moves to their new global architecture, as Subaru calls it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's probably a great car, and it's probably not going to sell in any big numbers because people care about Subaru crossovers more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of excited about this uh, 2019 Ram 1500 multifunction tailgate. Because <laughs> is that is that the one that's in the commercials where the guy is, is uh, puts on his tailgate and they put there's a little stepping thing beneath the tailgate you can actually stand on and then you see other guys coming out of their tailgates and standing on their tailgates and there's some, some sort of like a movement going on with guys. Yeah, that's who, the, yeah. Is that yeah, it? That's either Ram or GMC. They're both doing that right yeah. now. What's with standing on your tailgate? It's funny. What's the advantage? Big pickups, big pickups have gotten so big that people can't get into them anymore. So now you need <laughs> steps at the back of the pickup to get yourself up into yeah. the pickup. So it's like the new running board is on, on the tailgate. Yes, actually. It's very much like that. Okay. And uh, you're a truck guy, though, aren't you, basically? Really? Fundamentally? I, I, like, I, I like trucks. Yeah. Is that saying the same thing as being a truck guy? No, I'm, I, I don't off-road and I don't tow. I don't do that stuff. I just yeah. sort of like trucks in you general. You like trucks. And I like the absurdity of fast trucks, which I realize is, is an environmental disaster, but I'm yeah. always amused that people can do that. Okay. Are you, are you a truck purist? Because if you had like an international harvester some years ago, and you see these trucks now that are like the most luxurious appointed sedans on the inside with all this hardware and stuff, then you say that's not a truck. Yeah, we have that conversation. We recently drove a, a Ram 1500 pickup. Ram was redesigned last year. Um, and the sticker price on this, on this half-ton pickup came to $70,000. Oh, geez. Which, yeah, it seems crazy, but if you, if you look at the vehicle, it's actually equipped reasonably to $70,000. What's, what's amazing is that you can now equip a car with that much, a truck with that much stuff. Full leather, beautiful cab, and all sorts of electronic equipment. Uh, safety equipment. It's, it's a beautiful truck. It's a very nice truck, but it, it's interesting that the market has gone there to where there is a demand for luxury pickup trucks. 
And I, I think I mentioned this to you at some point, or I, I tweeted to you about it. It's very alarming as a as a Lexus owner of 2006 to see what they have transmorphed into. Yeah, the Lexus grill is a fascinating thing, and, and there's a lot of story to it. Oh. Um, when you go back to the Lexus you purchased at that period of time, Lexus was almost a secret. The people buying Lexuses <laughs> were really Toyota shoppers looking for something a little bit more, but they weren't I mean. making a lot of news, and yeah. enthusiasts didn't care about them. And I was having a conversation with a, a, um, um, one of the officers at Lexus when they just introduced the first car with the new spindle grill, as they call it. And, and we were talking about the fact that people love it or hate it, but yeah. that it was extremely polarizing. And he's like, we were just so glad to be part of the conversation again. And, and they, oh, they yeah. just stuck with this grill, and, yeah. and it, it, people know, notice it. They know the car. Mm-hmm. It looks like they should scoop up cows on it. <laughs> it looks exactly like that. <laughs> if I was a cow, I would not step in front of this vehicle. But, uh, you know, but there, everyone is talking about Lexus now. I know everyone. In fact, no one I talked to said this. But Lexus is, is, as far as sedans go, I mean, that's that's where san- sedans are at and can still survive the, the passenger car is with the Lexus cars. Yeah, all the Lexus is moving fairly quickly to crossovers as well. Lexus ah, they're wrong. Flash. I knew they were wrong when they said that. It's <laughs> such a dumb thing for them to say. Yeah. So the same thing. It's all the crossover. So really, crossovers are the new passenger cars, what it comes down to. They really are. And it's, they, actually, someone asked me this question recently, and it was a great question. When do we stop calling them crossovers? Because fairly soon, they're just going to be the cars. Right. Just the cars out there. Yep. Supercars. There are some supercars at the Chicago Auto Show. Did you run in any of those? Um, front and center, right up front was the Ford GT, which is a, f- a great car. It's a nice flagship for Ford. Incredibly mm-hmm. dramatic looking, and they had one in a really nice light blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a very cool dramatic car. As you had mentioned earlier the Supra is back. That's not a supercar per se, but it is a performance car, and it's it's an interesting thing for Toyota to be playing with at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing too affordable, I assume, in this bracket. No, the Supra's. Uh, priced at forty grand to start, which is certainly reasonable for a sports car these days. Although it'll go up in price pretty quickly. Yeah. And is there a Chevy Corvette these days? Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah there's all sorts of versions of the Corvette. And then the big news is that after years and years and years of of people speculating that this might happen, Chevrolet is probably going to introduce a mid-engine Corvette sometime in the near future. Mid-engine. Would you yeah, be sitting so the, on top of that? Is that where the mid-engine ends up? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the big deal about mid-engine is that you move all that mass from the front of the car behind the driver but between the axles, so it, it's excellent for handling. Yeah. But I got to see the 2019 Toyota Avalon Hybrid. See, because that's the car I was sitting in, and my daughter said, you look like an old man in that Avalon. And it did at that point. It was just, you know, looked like, you know, Toyota's answer to Buick or whatever. It, it, but this uh, Hybrid Limited looks pretty good. Yeah, it, to the extent that that's an old man's car, it's a very happy old man's car because yeah, it is it is a very roomy, quiet, nice car that gets almost 40 miles per the gallon. That's, it's, that's not be a dead horse here, really. It is an old man's yeah. car. That was implied in all I said, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Nissan Rogue, are those, I mean, you, those commercials when they used to drive off of trains and then off of buildings and things kind of put me off even thinking about a Nissan Rogue, but is that happening? Yeah, the Rogue is now either the first or second best-selling passenger vehicle in the United States. It's been going back and forth with the Toyota RAV4. And, you know, this is exactly what we're talking about. It used to be the Nissan Altima was Nissan's best-selling car, but as people leave sedans, they move for things 
like the Rogue. Mm-hmm. And what about Volvo is even, you know, shedding its dowdy trimmings? With yeah, this, uh, S60, S60 T8 Polestar. That's what I'm looking at oh. here. Polestar is a great name to know. Post, mm-hmm. The Polestar we drove is one of the, it's revolutionary for two reasons. It's a vehicle that you don't purchase, you subscribe to. <laughs> yeah. As crazy as that uh, sounds. That's the age in which we live. It, it is. It's yeah. absolutely. It's, it's a way that, that manufacturers are experimenting <laughs> with retailing cars where you pay for it on a monthly basis, and your payment includes everything, including yeah. insurance. Yeah. Um, so you're leasing and, and it. That, it's a lease, isn't it? No lease? It's kind of like a lease, but it doesn't have an end date. I mean, you can get oh. out of it at any time. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, so they call it a subscription. And subscription. that vehicle, uh, the Polestar, is interesting, too, because Polestar is about to become uh, Volvo's electric performance brand. Oh. So we'll be hearing more about that. Isn't that interesting? How is that working out for people to s- subscribe to a car? It's been really dicey up to this point because oh. of what manufacturers have been doing is experimenting with a very expensive cars. So there was a program in New York called Cadillac Book, and it was $1,500 a month, and you could pick any Cadillac you wanted within oh reason, God. and they would deliver it to you and swap cars. And it, it turned out that that was just a lot of money for what they were offering, and there wasn't that much interest in doing it. So it, that was just an early way to see how much money they could make on the program. Um, BMW and Porsche have been playing with this as well. We're probably going to see this come down to where it's more specific to the car and a heck of a lot more affordable than fifteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah, it reminds me of, the, of these uh, AI cars they're experimenting with. You know, some mm-hmm. of them are high-end models. And but who's going to you know pay that much money for a car that you don't even drive? I was just listening to a very good conversation about this, and and one I'm not super well informed on this issue, but the people who are are suggesting that. We as consumers will not be buying driverless vehicles anytime soon. No. The early ones are all going to be forced into fleet. They'll be used for ride-hailing services. <laughs> um, and, and behind what they call geo-fences, which means there'll be a limited area that are specifically set up mm-hmm. for that sort of usage. Yeah. So can we drop this whole commotion about AI as the next big thing? Because it's not, really. We, you, you or I will not be able to buy such a car anytime soon. No. And as Americans, we reserve our right to drive our own damn cars. Game straight. <laughs> I'm, I'm presuming there is no Tesla at the auto show, correct? Tesla doesn't play well with the traditional automotive media, uh, and they do not show up at auto shows. Okay. Are they invited? Would they be welcome to? They would be welcome, yeah. They, they don't play well with journalists. I've, I've tried really hard to get into a couple of Teslas, and apart from some brief time I've spent with the Model X, Tesla doesn't really return my calls. Yeah, that's a huge mistake, don't you think? Um, increasingly, yes. Nice. I think early on it made some sense, and, and we talked about how CES is becoming a new auto show. Mm-hmm. And, and to some extent, this is reflected in how Tesla deals with the media, yeah. and they would prefer to deal with the tech media that does not scrutinize old-school vehicle dynamics and things like build quality <laughs> and, 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 and more appreciate the G-Wes aspects of the vehicle. Yeah, and it's, it's really not Tesla. It's, it's him, you know, Elon I, Musk. You know. Very much so, yeah. yeah. Doing, he shouldn't do every aspect of his. You know, he's got a guy in there who knows how to sell cars, for example. <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, you just learns how to delegate at some point. Yeah, someone should tell him that. You know, it's like Trump. You said, I hey, would get someone there who knows something about government. You know, <laughs> what the heck? Elon, you know, get a guy who sold cars all his life. He'll tell you how to do it. Jump through all these hoops of yours. 
Tom, thank you very much. I know you got to get back to, is there, any, uh, you got a lot of things planned today with your daughter out there on campus? Are you going to sit in on classes? No, there's no classes today. No, my daughter has picked a place for us to go to lunch, so yeah. we're heading there shortly. Did you get a, a veto on that or not? A veto on which? On the lunch thing? Oh, no, I, no, I don't get veto rights, no. Okay. Just, I'm sure it'll be nice. We just go wherever she picks, yeah. And she's going to pay? That's great. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work that way. That's nice when kids finally get to that point, isn't it? For all you've done. <laughs> Thank you, Tom Apple, so much. My pleasure. Nice talking to you, as always. Tom Apple. You too. Okay. All right. I don't think I'll play that song again because that would be overkill, wouldn't it? No emergency. Yeah, I, I guess we're over the emergency. No, yes. that was very interesting. Tom is a great guy. Yeah. If you're on Twitter, by the way, he's on Twitter, and he's, you know, if you want to get away from all the politicking <coughs> and such, and uh, it's all about cars and stuff. All people who cars. have cars, and people who love their cars, and people who remember cars. That, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Who drive cars? People who drive cars, people who know people who drive cars, and his his uh, blog is on the Daily Drive. It's called, which is part of Consumer Guide. It's and it's, it's very interesting stuff. Let's go out here with a little uh, music from John Tuline and the Boys. John Tuline on the piano, Jeff Hammond on the bass, Clyde Stubblefield on the drums. Nice talking to you all. We'll be back again next week with a super-duper mother of all quizzes. That's right, it's Quiz Week next week on the What Do You Know podcast. So next Saturday, keep that in mind and uh, talk to you then.